This is The Jerry Callahan Show. To begin, where to begin? Uh, Ironhead and I just spent uh, the last few minutes trying to figure out where do we start. There is so much. I don't think we've ever had this much stuff on a Monday. This much wild news, crazy, crazy games in the NFL. I think uh, all you need to know about the state of the country is Donald Trump is in court right now in New York, facing a civil suit from the uh, corrupt Attorney General, the Get Trump Attorney General for overvaluing his uh, assets. They want to destroy his company, run him out of New York. And uh, Jamal Bowman, he's not in court today. He's not facing any charges. He has not been expelled. He's not been charged. He is not being held without bail for uh, obstructing an official proceeding, which is exactly what he did. I think my favorite part of the weekend was watching, listening to Democrats and media members try to defend uh, Jamal Bowman. This lunatic squad member, uh, Democrat, I shouldn't say Democrat, socialist congressman from New York who pulled a fire alarm, as we all know, to um, obstruct an official proceeding. He didn't want the vote to go forward on the uh, 45-day continuing resolution to fund the government. He wanted a delay, so he pulled a fire alarm. I saw it. We saw, all saw the photo, the video. We all know what he did. Everybody knows what he did is a crime, a serious crime. Every child in America in elementary school knows what he did is a real, real serious offense. You do that in school, you get kicked out of school. And this guy knows it because he used to be a school principal. Imagine this maniac as a school principal. I'm sure the, I'm sure the school's just doing fine. Uh, when. <laughs> If you haven't seen him, one of the things he's best known for is fighting with other congressmen, yelling at them, attacking them, like on the uh, Capitol Hill steps in the halls of Congress. He thinks he's a tough guy, and he'll and he's a big guy, and he's a scary guy, and he doesn't want to have uh, uh, civil discourse, you know, just debate. He wants to fight, and he doesn't hesitate to take extreme action to get his way. So he pulled the fire alarm on Saturday to delay the vote on a 45-day funding bill that uh, to keep the government open. Clearly, what he did was obstructing, obstructing an official proceeding. If that sounds familiar, it should, because there are at least 317 defendants uh, from January 6th who've been charged with obstructing an official proceeding including the guy who is in court in New York right now, Donald J. Trump, who wasn't at the Capitol. (laughs) Lots of people were uh, uh, charged with obstructing an official proceeding who weren't even in this building. I can't imagine how much time a January 6th defendant would be doing if they had done what Jamal Bowman did on video. If the QAnon shaman, if Jacob Chansley, had pulled a fire alarm instead of just wandering around the Capitol and howling at the moon. He got 41 months for just walking around being escorted by Capitol Hill policemen around the, uh, the building on January 6th. He uh, he's out, but he did time. He did almost a year in solitary confinement. Lots of January 6th defendants have spent time in um, solitary confinement so far. Jamal Bowman, has not. Jamal Bowman will not. 
because as we know, there are two systems of justice. There are, we have a two-tier justice system and a Democrat who commits an egregious crime here will do no time. He will not be expelled. He will be mocked and ridiculed because he's a lunatic, but they will circle the wagons around this maniac and he'll, he'll skate. He'll get away with it. Even though we all know every single person in America knows just how serious it is pulling a fire alarm. That's bad enough. Okay. That's bad enough. They got him. I was curious immediately. I started waiting for the uh, excuses the rationalizations, and we got it. Jamal Bowman would like you to know, would like you to think, he was confused. He thought it was just a way to open the door, which is a uh, which is a flawed excuse in so many ways. First of all, you didn't need to pull anything to open the door. Secondly, it is pretty clearly marked. It is red. It is. It says fire on it, and everybody in the world, every adult, every child, everybody knows you don't open a door by pulling a fire alarm, but it really doesn't matter if you're a good radical Democrat, they'll come to your defense. They'll be there for you. And they were there for Jamal Bowman. Yeah. Let's get to his statement first because it's hilarious. It really is. Jamal Bowman uh, and his staff, by the way, who should also be charged in a conspiracy, a Rico charge because they supported this act of sedition He says, (laughs) this was released after he was caught red-handed. He he says, I want to personally clear up confusion surrounding today's events. I don't think I can get through this without laughing. It is so hilarious. Today, as I was rushing to make a vote, I came to a door that is usually open for votes, but today would not open. I'm embarrassed to admit that I activated the fire alarm, mistakenly thinking it would open the door. I regret this and apologize for any confusion, but I want to make clear this was not me in any way trying to delay any vote. It was the exact opposite. I was trying to urgently get to vote, which I ultimately did and joined my colleagues in a bipartisan effort to keep our government open. I also met after the vote with the sergeant at arms in the Capitol Police and explained what had happened. My hope is that no one will make more of this than it was. I'm working hard every day, including today, to do my job, to do it well, and deliver for my constituents. I was trying to think of a more lame excuse, a, a, a weaker defense for any crime. It's like the old joke. I was just trying to help the sheep over the fence, officer. <laughs> what? I was just chipping golf balls in the yard. What criminal? has had a weaker, lamer, more ridiculous defense than this clown. Uh, doesn't matter. The, the, the folks at MSNBC, his crazy colleagues in the squad, they were just waiting for a chance to, uh, they were just waiting. Give, give me something. Give us something so we can defend you, Jamal, so we can get through this without, you know, getting you locked up as you should be. And never, it never fails. It never fails. Being a Democrat means never having to pay any price, means never having to face any consequences at all. Uh, By the way, the next night, that would be last night, Merrick Garland was on 60 Minutes weeping openly and saying that he treats Democrats the same as Republicans, which means any minute now Merrick Garland will be calling for the arrest and prosecution 
of this violent insurrectionist. But let's get to AOC because I was <laughs> I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to hear what uh, his friends and colleagues, his fellow squad members would say in his defense. Keep in mind, every one of these people thinks every grandma who was taking a selfie on January 6th should be doing hard time. None of them has any problem with uh, dangerous seditionists from January 6th getting 10, 15, 22 years in prison for, you know, trying to overthrow our democracy. He did, this is the definition of obstructing an official proceeding. I don't know how you could see a clearer case for obstructing an official proceeding. But no, we're going to be told he mistook the door, the fire alarm, for a way to open the door. A door that was open, a door that had no such device. And by the way, the New York Post today has on page one a picture of the red fire alarm with the little thing you pull down saying, does this look like a door, (laughs) a way to open a door? It's just so absurd. Nobody believes him. Nobody really supports him. But this is what they do. They lie, they lie, and then they lie some more. Let's hear from AOC. He says it was an accident. He thought pulling the alarm would open a door uh, based on the fact that the doors to his right there were locked. And there was a sign that he said he was, I think someone said it was confusing. I'll be honest, it doesn't really make sense to me, his explanation. Have you talked to him? What's going on? I mean, listen, I think if you actually do see some of the photos of the signs, I think there's there's something to be said about the government's about to shut down. There's a vote clock that's going down. The exits that are normally open in that building were suddenly closed. He pulled a fire alarm? So (laughs) what I am here to say is that House administration and U.S. Capitol Police and Jamal Bowman are an active and he's fully participating in saying there was a misunderstanding. But what I do think is important to raise is the fact that Republicans, representatives like Nicole Maliotakis and others, immediately moved to file motions to censure, motions to expel before there before there has even been conversations that are that are finished to even see if there was a misunderstanding here. She's so hot. Uh, she looks good. I'll give her that. And that, that but uh, even Jake Tapper's like, I'll be honest, I don't really believe. Of course, you don't believe it. Uh, that picture you just showed of Jamal Bowman, that's the door uh, that he could push to get in there without any problem. There is no knees, reason to pull anything to get in that door. He is lying. Obviously, he is caught red handed. He is guilty. He should be expelled, censured, arrested now, today. There's absolutely no reason other than the fact that he has a D next to his name that he isn't already in custody. Um, she mentioned Paul Goza. That's the go-to uh, what about what aboutism here from Democrats. Paul Goza was censured, censored, censured for posting a meme, like a cartoon of him shooting, like like a little cartoon of him shooting down AOC. That's it. Oh, that's right. And they, they, they want you to think saying things, posting things is worse than absolute, uh, actually obstructing the official proceeding and pulling the fire alarm. The biggest clown of all, though, is Mehdi Hassan. I think he's trying to, I don't know, he's maybe gunning for prime time. Maybe he's after the Rachel Maddow show or something. Maybe he wants to just have a higher profile as a radical kook. I mean, this is a, this, this is a lunatic. Um, he went on the air immediately to defend um, uh, Bowman 
and compare what he did to things Republicans said. I, I mean, I know he's he's a liar. I know he's a clown. But do you see any difference in something a Republican said? Like, you know, they should, uh, the, Mark Milley's a, a traitor to this country or things uh, they the, the said about January 6th as opposed to things Jamal Bowman did. I know Democrats like him want to criminalize free speech, but speech is not the same as action here, Mehdi, you idiot. Uh, but he went on with this other clown and uh, immediately started saying, what about the Republicans? Go ahead, play this. I'm sure you've seen House Republicans are losing their minds over Democratic Congressman Jamal Bowman of New York pulling a fire alarm yesterday, allegedly to try and delay a vote, something he denies. He says it was an accident. But House Republicans are calling for his expulsion, even for his arrest. And you don't need me to tell you, these are the same House Republicans who are perfectly happy to have Paul Gosar in their midst, who called for the execution of, quote, sodomy-promoting, quizzling and traitor General Mark Milley just last week, Lauren <laughs> Boebert, who publicly carried out a lewd act in an audience filled with kids last month, George Santos, who's under federal indictment, lied about his entire life. But they're worked up about Jamal Bowman setting off a fire alarm in the Cannon Office building. And, of course, when there was an actual armed attack on the Capitol building... That was, quote, legitimate yeah. political discourse, according to the RNC. Who are they kidding here? Yeah, seriously. I mean, Mehdi, what do you expect from a Republican Party that has fully endorsed, justified, uh, and excused the behavior of Donald Trump, who, as president, was impeached twice, <laughs> now indicted uh, on 91 counts in uh, four yeah, separate trials? It's, it's all they got. I mean, it's amazing. And Trump is being charged. And uh, Bowman so far has not. And Paul, Go he's talking about Lauren Boebert getting a little handsy and vaping at a, in a, in a, at a play, in a show, in the dark. Uh, what does that have to do with pulling a fire alarm? The guy says, allegedly pulling a fire alarm, mistakenly pulling a fire alarm. It is so hard. It really is. I feel bad for these people. It, their job is impossible. They have to defend the biggest bunch of radical lunatics, which is what Jamal Bowman is, a socialist lunatic. He should be, the whole country should be embarrassed by this guy's being in Congress, <laughs> that he is one of our elected representatives. They should be saying shame on the voters of his district who sent him to Washington. He has no business being being in the uh, House of Representatives. But that's what we're dealing with right now. We're dealing with people like AOC, Ayanna Presley, Jamal Bowman, just maniacs and lunatics up there <laughs> doing whatever they can to, to get their way. Uh, what is this woman's name, by the way, this MSNBC host? She she went on Saturday and immediately started to defend him. I mean, they have video. They know what he did. They understand what he did. Why can't they just say this crossed the line? You know, I hate I hate Trump. I hate Lauren Boebert. But this guy is out of control. They just can't bring themselves to do it. It's it's remarkable. I mean, I don't know too many people who defended George Santos. He's a nut. He's a liar. He's much like our president. He's much like Liz Warren. His career is based on lies. I'm all for expelling. I'm all for kicking the uh, the liars out of Washington. Let's start with Liz Warren. We'll get to Biden. We'll get to to George Santos. I'm fine with that. I don't. I don't, I don't have any affection for George Santos. I'm not going to defend him. He's a liar. He, <laughs> what does that have to do with what Jamal Bowman did? I'm not sure. And I'm telling you what. If there's no charges, if there's no expulsion, no censure, then. It is over. It really is over. I, I, I give up because he's in the House of Representatives, which is controlled by 
uh, Republicans, why has he not been kicked out of Congress already? What are they waiting for? Why are we waiting for Hunter Biden to be subpoenaed, for Merrick Garland to be, to be uh, uh, kicked out of office? What, why, what is going on here? Why, don't, why, not, why aren't there proceedings right now, impeachment proceedings against Merrick Garland, Mayorkas, Biden? What is the holdup? It's just, it's just nuts. I don't get it. But let's listen to this MSNBC host on Saturday, just after the video was released of Bowman pulling the fire alarm. Go ahead. Last thing I want to mention, and then we're going to take a quick break. Um, there was a mention of Jamal Bowman, Congressman um, Jamal Bowman, and the pulling of some sort of fire alarm. And I just want to read for you some of the reporting so you understand what actually went on there. Um, there were some reports that began to emerge about Representative Bowman, who was um, seen pulling some sort of fire alarm um, in the Cannon House office building earlier today. We got a statement on that. Um, saying Congressman Bowman did not realize he would trigger a building alarm as he was rushing to make an urgent vote that Congressman regrets any um, confusion, just to clarify some things on that, because I know there was um, likely some folks kind of scratching their heads, wondering what it was they were asking. <laughs> we um, just want to clarify. About. So her attempt to clarify is he didn't know pulling the fire alarm would trigger a fire alarm. That was the official response. And she read it seriously with a straight face. Yes, just to clarify, clear up some confusion. He didn't know pulling a fire alarm would trigger a fire alarm. A former school principal, a member of the House of Representatives, and this absolute clown goes on the air and says, that will clear things up. <laughs> just just so you know, just, just so we can get past this little speed bump and get back to Trump, who's, uh, again, in uh, court right now, I believe, as they try to take his company away because he valued Mar-a-Lago at more than $18 million. <laughs> There's a lot of ridiculous prosecutions of Trump. All of them are political. This could be the silliest. It really could. Is this really happening in America? They want to take his company away, not allow him to do business in New York because he valued Mar-a-Lago, a 17-acre property on the ocean and on the intercoastal. We've all seen it at they, they, they said it's worth between 18 and 27 million. He said it's worth a half a billion. It is. Mm-hmm. We've seen comps. There's an empty lot down the street selling for like 200 million. And they want you to believe, I mean, you can't get a, any house. You can't get a fixer upper. You can't get a tear down in Palm beach for less than 20 million. The whole, the, I mean, this is the most transparent attempt to get Trump of them all, but uh, we'll get to that. Maybe we'll, uh, He's uh, speaking now. We'll get to it tomorrow. It's just so absurd. It never ends. Trump said it this morning. None of this would be happening if he weren't running. That's all you need to know. None of it would be happening if he weren't running. If he said, I'm done, I'm 77, I'm going to go play golf, spend time with my grandkids, he'd be facing zero charges, zero civil suits. We all know it. Everybody, any honest person, Democrat, doesn't matter. You know none of this would be happening if he weren't running. It is all election interference. It is all about stopping Donald Trump. It couldn't be clear. All right, and we had to we had to begin with Jamal Bowman, and uh, I'll be you know curious to see if they do anything. It'll be a little whatever. Maybe there'll be a censure, and he'll just get a little slap on the wrist. But uh, as many many January sixth defendants rot in jail for years for doing much much less than a sitting member of Congress. We are living in a banana republic, and uh, I don't think anything 
uh, shows that more than this ridiculous <laughs> incident. And uh, I'd be embarrassed to be a Democrat. I'd be embarrassed to be a colleague of the guy pulling a fire alarm. That's what kids do. Every It's happened in every school, every high school in America. Someone pulls a fire alarm and they get in real trouble. They get suspended. They get they get arrested. They get kicked out of school. It is a serious offense and everybody knows it. And nobody, nobody except those clowns on MSNBC thinks it was a mistake. He thought he, he was just trying to open the yeah. door. <laughs> if, I, if I gave you five million bucks in five tries, could you pronounce that lady's last name? No, I, well, you you give it a shot. Go ahead. Uh, Vesogan? I'll, I'll do the first name. Yasmin. Yeah, that's it. Nailed it. I'm going to go with Vesogan. Vesugian, I don't know. I mean, maybe Novanglian can help us. I guess, she, I guess she's a weekend host on MSNBC and she just wanted to clear yeah. things up. It was an honest mistake. He was just trying to open the door. Yeah, sure. You know who knows that's a lie more than any of us? AOC. Mm-hmm. She's there. She's going in the same door. She knows you don't have to pull the fire alarm to go in the door. And yet she, she supports him. She probably, she, she probably told him to do it. No, right, we gotta get. We I I don't want to spend too much time on this guy because we have so much to get to. Diane Feinstein passed away. Uh, I I I think it's sad. Condolences to her family. I think it's a minor setback. I think she's still gonna be reelected in twenty twenty four. I like her chances. You know what's amazing? Just just disgusting. She voted the day before she died. We all know she died essentially like six months ago. She voted. The people around her, her friends, her family, her daughter, uh, should hang their heads in shame. These are disgusting, terrible, horrible people, what they did to this woman. I mean, I'm no Dianne Feinstein fan, but they just wouldn't let her die with dignity. We'll get to that. Gavin Newsom has named the replacement. It's amazing. You got 40 million people in California, and the best person for the job according to Gavin Newsom, just happens to be a black gay woman from Maryland. (laughs) Yes, we'll give you the details on uh, what the hell's her name? Love. Uh, uh, We'll get to the the new senator, the new junior senator from uh, California, who will, I assume, spend uh, the next year in office, run for re-election, take on Adam Schiff, and we'll be rooting for her. That's all I can say. Tim Wakefield passed away. We talked about this Thursday. We will uh, we'll, uh, tell you how that all went down and uh, talk about our uh, friend, Kurt Schilling, who just, I don't know what he was thinking. I really don't. He uh, released the news against the wishes of the Wakefield family. Just a really indefensible move by Kurt Schilling. A wild, wild weekend in the NFL as usual, the NFL is such great entertainment. The worst loss of Bill Belichick's 29-year career as a head coach. The most amazing Sunday night game. Uh, we'll tell you how many times Taylor Swift was shown on camera. We'll, uh, we'll tell you how. I don't think I've ever been so shocked. And I'm talking about the biggest upsets, the Patriots beating St. Louis in the Super Bowl, the biggest, you know, whatever, you name it, Buster Douglas. I don't think I've ever been more shocked than watching Zach Wilson last night. That was incredible what he did. And uh, it's bad news for the New England Patriots and uh, the Ryder Cup. Somehow the Ryder Cup, even when it's a blowout, 
I find incredibly entertaining. I thought it was, uh, it was good TV. It was real emotion, real pressure. And uh, congratulations to the Europeans. The big story was Patrick Cantley wouldn't wear a hat. And I'm going to, I'm going to uh, support Patrick Cantley because I get paid to wear a hat too. <laughs> I don't know if I'd wear a hat if I didn't get paid, but uh, you know, that's the way it works. Patrick Cantley normally gets paid to wear a hat. No one's paying him to wear a hat for the Ryder Cup. So we didn't wear a hat. So what? I don't like Patrick Cantley. He's too slow. Yeah. He's boring. But I'm going to defend him. We'll get into that and so much more on today's Callahan show. But first, excuse me. Today's show is sponsored by NutriSense. You hear that? That was the sound of the NutriSense biosensor. It's a small device that you put on the back of your arm that then provides real-time feedback on how your body responds to the foods that you're eating, your exercise, stress, even your sleep. With NutriSense, you just take a photo of your meal, adjust for portion size, and NutriSense does the rest. NutriSense helps you track your data, see your glucose trends, and understand your macronutrient breakdown for each meal. You also get an overall glucose score for each meal based on your body's response. You'll be matched with a board-certified nutritionist who will review your data and answer all your questions. Plus, they can help you with a personalized nutrition plan so that you can achieve your goals. You should try NutriSense today. It will open your eyes in profound ways to how your food, exercise, and lifestyle choices are affecting you. What's more, it empowers you with a real-time feedback loop showing the consequences of your food and lifestyle choices. You can get all that today. NutriSense has a special offer for our listeners. Visit NutriSense.com slash Callahan and use code word Callahan to start decoding your body's messages and pave the way for a healthier life. Be sure to tell them you learned about NutriSense on the Callahan Show. That's NutriSense.com slash Callahan to save $30 off your first month, plus get a month of board-certified nutritionist support. Oh, we got some good Biden sound, too, as usual. Anytime Biden talks, it is... I forgot about that. (laughs) It is is a national embarrassment. When Biden goes before a camera, I don't know who, somebody was interviewing him. Some friendly interview was tickling his toes and Biden just lost his way. Oh, he made a statement about the uh, government shutdown. Unfortunately, the government did not shut down. Kevin McCarthy folded. We have a 40 day, uh, 45 day funding bill, which passed even though Jamal Bowman tried to obstruct Tried to overthrow the government. Didn't happen. Uh, we'll get to that. This Diane Feinstein thing is, th- this is a disgrace. I, I mean, we talked about it a lot last week, and we've been talking about her because she's been in- incapacitated for months and months and months. She was 90 years old. She had dementia. She had a million physical problems. She couldn't walk. She couldn't think. She didn't vote. Someone voted for her. We saw the video where she didn't know where she was and her aides are saying, just say yes. Just say yes, Senator. And she goes, yes. I don't know how we allow this. I understand there's no term limits. I understand that you can vote for someone with dementia and 81 million people did it a couple of years ago, allegedly. But don't we have any respect for these people? Why would you put her through it? This isn't even a question of, uh, partisanship. We know we knew all along her replacement would be a Democrat. You know, we knew with Newsom it would be a black lesbian Democrat. She'll vote the same way Feinstein would on everything. It's not really going to tilt 
the power in the Senate. That was never going to happen. And yet we let, we, we watched as her family members, her friends, her fellow Democrats, these ghouls, these people with no shame and no respect for her just kept literally wheeling her into the Senate and pretending she was lucid. That This should outrage everybody. Her daughter, a woman named Catherine, people on both sides of the aisle should be pointing at her and saying, that is one horrible daughter. That is a horrible human being. She had, she gave up power of attorney over her whole life to her daughter while continuing to vote in the Senate. Does anyone else think that's kind of absurd? So she voted in the Senate on Thursday and croaked on Friday. Now, again, I have nothing against Diane Feinstein, radical, radical Democrat. I mean, she's she had a Chinese spy as a driver for 20 years. She somehow, on the senator's salary, she's been in public office. She was first elected in 1969. That is, how long ago is that? 54 years ago was first elected to public office. Somehow, while earning the salary of a senator for years, for decades, 200 grand now, amassed a fortune of $102 million. She had, for, throw this uh, wide, wider shot on this one, Arnett. She had a $62 million private jet. She had homes all over the country. Look at the, look at the, look at the homes that she had I don't even know how you why you would need uh, this many homes. She had them all over the place. She was fabulously, fabulously wealthy, and um, it doesn't get mentioned much. You know, she's a great public servant. The Democrats loved her. She was a rubber stamp for any Democrat. She had a twenty-one million dollar home in San Francisco, a twenty-five million dollar home in Aspen, and a thirty-six million dollar home in Lake Tahoe. So the attorney general of New York would like you to believe that Diane Feinstein's home in Lake Tahoe is worth twice as much as Mar-a-Lago <laughs> <laughs> and a $62 million Gulfstream jet. Now, again, uh, no, uh, we, we, uh, we feel bad. The woman's dead. That's awful. But is anyone going to ask how this is possible? How you can go from being a, a senator being a public official where they allegedly, they don't go into it for the money and get this freaking rich. And by the way, she's not worth as much as Nancy Pelosi, <laughs> another thoroughly corrupt Democrat politician from California. Nancy Pelosi's worth like 150 million. She's she bought a $25 million home on the ocean in Cal in Florida because she's so concerned about, climate change. She bought an oceanfront mansion for $25 million and then announced she won't retire. She's going to run for reelection. She's 83. These people are disgrace. It really is. We do not send the best to Washington. We send just uh, venal people who are just looking to get rich, who are just drunk on money and power. She is no different from the president of the United States. I don't know how she did it, I know how he did it. He sold access to his office, sent his son around the world, collected millions, created shell companies, aliases. We know how Biden uh, made his money. I'm not sure how this woman did, but man, that uh, that daughter, Catherine, 
She is today. She's got to be one of the richest women in the country. Uh, But so Dianne Feinstein votes on Thursday, or should I say one of her aides voted on Thursday, died on Friday, and yesterday, Sunday, um, Gavin Newsom announced her replacement. Now, before, when she was sick and dying and incapacitated, uh, Newsom promised to name a black woman to replace her, which means six, uh, 93% of the eligible uh, candidates were ineligible in Gavin Newsom's mind. Only, he was only going to consider 7% of the population. That's it. I didn't realize he was only going to consider about less than 1% of the population because it had to be a black woman lesbian. Those are the that those are the three requirements to be a senator from our biggest state. You have to be black, female, and lesbian. Those that that's it. That's where we are in this country. What I don't understand is why announce that? Why announce that? Because clearly that's morally wrong. I mean that's clearly unethical. That's immoral to say I'm only going to pick someone based on their sex their race, their sexual orientation. That's un-American. That would disgust Martin Luther King. I mean, you're choosing someone based on their immutable characteristics. What sense does that make? I understand Newsom is pandering to the radical left. He's Californian. That's what he does. Uh, But why not just say, I'm going to get the best candidate and then pick the black lesbian? Why do you have to announce I'm only going to pick a black lesbian? Anyway, and just think of how many people in California are more qualified than this lunatic. Just so you know, she's best known for running uh, Emily's List, a radical left-wing pro-abortion group. She believes in abortion up till the kids in sixth grade. I mean, this is just over-the-top extreme. This woman is as extreme as you get. But the best part is she doesn't live in California. <laughs> he, didn't even, he didn't even limit it to someone who lives in that state. She is a, a resident of Maryland. This is from the this is from Newsweek last night. They said Gavin Newsom's pick to replace recently deceased Democrat. I don't know how recent it was. A Democrat <laughs> has raised eyebrows after it emerged she resided with her family in Maryland until recently. Late Sunday night, Newsom's office announced he'd chosen Lafonza Butler president of Emily's Emily's List, which works to elect women in favor of abortion to fulfill the remainder of late Senator's term. Uh, Quote, a trusted advisor to Kamala Harris and a leader uh, of the nation's largest organization dedicated to electing women, Butler will make history as the first black lesbian to openly serve in the Senate, said Newsom's office. So they celebrate and they say we're making history because there's no black women who have, who are sexually attracted to other women ever in the Senate. That's history in 2023. This, this is just sad commentary on the state of this country that the, that the governor names this woman and doesn't say she's brilliant. You know, she's educated. She's, she's accomplished a lot. They just said she's a lesbian. She's black. So it's historic. First of all, how do we know this 
Oh, I guess he says openly black lesbian. Maybe there's been some black lesbians who weren't open about it, but this one's open. So let's all celebrate. God, this is just embarrassing. She gets to serve out the term and then run for reelection. And already we have announced candidates, including Adam Schiff and uh, Katie Porter, who's uh, a, a just a repulsive white woman. Adam Schiff, the biggest liar in the history of Congress. I mean, no one comes close. He spent three years going on TV live every day and lying his ass off. Adam Schiff is about the most repulsive human being in, in the House of Representatives. He's running, and that's the main reason they kept Dianne Feinstein alive, because he wanted to run against uh, um, he wanted her to finish the term and then not run against an incumbent. Now he has to run against an incumbent and a black lesbian incumbent at that. So this is not ideal for Adam Schiff, which is why Feinstein and others wanted to keep uh, dying. Uh, why, why Pelosi wanted to keep Feinstein on life support as a favor to Adam Schiff. That's how just morally vapid these people are. Let's keep this old woman alive for another year and a half so that Adam Schiff can run for the house, uh, run for the seat uh, without running against an incumbent. And uh, good luck to Adam Schiff. He's going to run against the first openly black lesbian ever in the Senate. And she'll be a reliable far left vote. And uh, Newsom will endorse her probably Newsom, who will be running for president at that point. So it will be interesting. But uh, congratulations to Feinstein's family. They kept her alive. They didn't let her die with dignity. Uh, but they are they are inheriting a lot of money, man. They're inherit- Who gets the jet? Does her to get the jet? Who gets the $36 million house in Tahoe? I wonder how, I wonder if uh, LaFonza uh, will get this wealthy in the Senate will LaFonza get to uh, parlay this seat into uh, uh, you know $100 million like Feinstein did, like Pelosi did. LaFonza Butler, first openly. But I just need to know, were there no qualified trans candidates? What kind of bigot is Newsom? I think it was time for the first openly black lesbian trans person to serve in the Senate. And I really think uh, Newsom uh, dropped the ball on this one. Maybe next time, maybe if uh, maybe Pelosi croaks in office, he'll name the first trans person to the uh, House, but we'll see. All right, speaking of uh, not letting someone die with dignity, this, this is a difficult story. This is hard for a couple of reasons. We talked about it the other day. I, I told this story. I'll tell it again. Tim Wakefield, former Red Sox pitcher, Red Sox legend in many ways, the all-time leader in innings pitched, a guy who just got the most out of his talent. He was a failed first baseman in the Pittsburgh organization, remade himself as a knuckleball pitcher, ended up pitching for the Red Sox forever, uh, went into broadcasting, was around the team, and was just beloved. He was just a really good guy, a really good person, at least as far as I could tell. And he was only 57 years old. He passed away from brain cancer over the weekend. And trust me, Red Sox Nation is in mourning. There's nobody who didn't like, respect, love 
Tim Wakefield. Um, uh, before we get to uh, my Wakefield story, which I told the other day, but I think it's worth telling again. Um, Kurt Schilling, um, I've always been supportive of Schilling. We, I was kind of friendly with Schilling when he was in Boston. He's, he moved away. He lives in uh, Tennessee now, but uh, he he broke the news on his podcast on Wednesday night, I believe. We talked about it Thursday. We played you the Schilling sound. Schilling said that he didn't think he was supposed to release this news, but he's a man of faith and he wanted people to pray for Tim Wakefield. That doesn't hold water. I'm sorry. You know, you're not supposed to release this incredibly sad and personal information and you do it anyway. I gave him the benefit of the doubt on Thursday because I didn't know all the details. It was just breaking. I said, uh, maybe, you know, other people had discussed it publicly and maybe it wasn't as big a secret as I thought I was wrong. He should not have done this. This is indefensible, what Schilling did. Tim Wakefield didn't want this released in public. Uh, not surprising. He didn't want the attention. He just wanted to die with his family, friends around him, with dignity. He didn't want to make a big public spectacle out of it. And Schilling violated that request. And I don't know. It's just inexcusable. Wakefield passed away over the weekend. If you think that's sad... It, this is just the saddest damn story you will ever hear. His wife is suffering from pancreatic cancer. Kurt released that information too. I talked to somebody on the Red Sox beat over the weekend. They said everybody knew about Wake's wife, but nobody knew that Tim Wakefield was suffering from terminal brain cancer. They didn't know. Schilling told the world, and then came the outpouring of support. I was, I was talking about this with my wife, and I said, you know, maybe there's hope, maybe it's curable. Maybe he, he went through surgery, maybe he'll pull through. And uh, then Schilling would say, you know, see, the prayers worked. Um, he didn't pull through. Apparently there was no shot of him pulling through. It was um, bad, real bad. And uh, he passed away over the weekend. His wife is still with us, but it's, it's incredible. You couldn't have, you know, Pedro Martinez uh, or David Ortiz go through this and got more love and support than you did from from uh, Wakefield. You really couldn't. I mean, there are people who just just love the guy, and for good reason. He was extremely charitable with his time. I pointed out the other day he was a legend at the Jimmy Fund Clinic, which treats kids with cancer. I told the story of Wakefield. Lots of players go and visit the clinic. I've been there with players. They tried to, every time we would go visit um, with our little group from the radio station, we'd bring a Red Sox player with us. I was there with uh, uh, Keith Folk, uh, Julio Lugo. Roger Clemens made lots of appearances at the clinic. Uh, there were just lots of guys. Brock Holt was huge over there. But Wakefield was a regular he didn't care whether there were cameras. He didn't care whether the radio station was there and we were going to talk about it the next day. He'd just show up and he would spend time with the kids. And uh, the story, it's from a few years ago, but uh, he showed up wearing his number 49 Red Sox jersey to visit the kids. He was told, oh, too bad. One of these kids, one of the kids is a big fan, big Red Sox fan, Wakefield fan, but he couldn't be here today. 
Wakefield said, you know, why? He's uh, getting chemo. He's going to spend the next few hours in the infusion room. The kid came out of the infusion room uh, three hours later, went to his room. The, The Jimmy Fund Clinic is now like wide open, but now it used to have rooms. And the kid went back to his room and sitting in the corner of the hospital room was Tim Wakefield. He'd sat there and waited for three hours. So the kid would not be disappointed. And obviously the kid was sick and sad and bummed out and, and just like any kid going through chemo. And there was Wakefield to just brighten up his day. And uh, that's the kind of guy he was. And that's uh, a story I, I tweeted out and got a whole bunch of responses from other people who've seen, who had seen him do similar things. He's that kind of guy. He's, uh, it's just an incredibly tragic story. I don't know what the opposite of karma is, but that's what happened to Tim Wakefield. This guy deserved better. And I could think of hundreds or thousands of people who didn't do as much as he did and didn't, didn't, you know, he didn't deserve this. It's awful. It's tragic. And shame on, uh, Kurt Schilling for uh, releasing it against the wishes of the Wakefield family. I tell you what, Tim Wakefield, uh, his fa- people around here, they're not going to forget it. Schilling obviously is a big part of uh, a couple of World Series championships. He was the one of the most clutch pitchers ever. But uh, there's a lot of people who aren't happy with him right now. We got just one. There's lots of people reflecting, remembering Kurt, Sch- uh, remembering Tim Wakefield. This cut from Mike Timlin after winning the World Series, I think he spoke for a lot of people. He really did. I mean, this is obviously 20 years before uh, Wakefield's passing. But everybody liked him. Everyone respected him, especially his teammates. Let's watch this. I just want to say one thing. This guy right here, this win is for this band right here. Because... He was not on the roster, and he showed so much heart by saying, I, I, I can't be on the roster, and it was good for the team. This is what kind of person is standing right here. I love this guy. I'm proud of this guy. It's the hardest, it's the hardest thing to do to take yourself out of the game for someone else. And he did it, and I'm proud of him. Hey, stay back. I think he spoke for a lot of people. I mean, the, the stories of Wakefield's selflessness are legendary. The game he threw 156 pitches to save the bullpen. The time he was left off the postseason roster, didn't bitch, didn't complain, just do what. I mean, he was an all-star. He was an opening day starter. And he just did whatever he was asked to do, humble, never. I mean, I don't think there was ever a controversy surrounding Tim Wakefield, certainly not for uh, selfish reasons. He didn't have, he didn't have an ounce of Manny Ramirez in him. And that's about as the nicest thing I could say about anybody, but uh, RIP Tim Wakefield and Patriots legend, Russ Francis once called all world by Howard Cosell, a great tight end in the seventies passed away yesterday in a plane crash in Hawaii. Tough, tough weekend for uh New England sports fans, not nearly as uh, important, but man, yesterday's game was a a tragedy in its own right. We'll get to the Patriots. We'll get to uh, our look around the NFL and the Ryder Cup. And and maybe we'll get to a a Biden cut, which 
I don't know. It sounds, <laughs> it's just sad. It's said, this is our commander in chief. This is our president. And he is lost. As you know, Shake Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. This is your spring project, people. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great uh, values on designs that will fit your home. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal. Make your front steps the talk of the town and do it now. Do it this spring. No reason not to. You know that removing the stairs is a pain. They're heavy. They're awkward. And where do you take them when you get rid of them? Shea will take care of all that for you. They Leave it to them. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's more than an upgrade. It's an investment. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you'll get a brand-new front entrance. Learn more at SheaConcrete.com. And while you're there, you can look for a job. Shea Concrete is hiring. Right now, they have between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people and skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. That's it. Go to shakeconcrete.com. What a wild day. The NFL, like I say it every week, you just don't know what's going to happen, man. The, la- the game last night, if you missed it, the Jets, Chiefs, I don't know why. What were you doing? What were you watching? I found this just one of the most shocking things I think I've ever seen watching sports. I pointed out, we talked about it last week, Zach Wilson was the worst quarterback Last week, I think I've ever seen in my life, just confused, overwhelmed, didn't know how to, uh, didn't make good decisions, didn't know how to read a defense. I said, you, me, Matate talked about it, how screwed the Jets were because their quarterback was just lost, just overwhelmed by the moment. What happened? He goes against the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night football with Taylor Swift in the house, with Aaron Rodgers in the house. More pressure than I think he's ever faced and I'm thinking he is uh, going to absolutely suck and he did at first and then a f- switch flipped and as Chris Collinsworth kept pointing out did Aaron Rodgers sneak on the field and throw his uniform on and play quarterback for the Jets he didn't just become passable or just become mediocre he was spectacular for a stretch Brought the uh, Jets back in the game. Completely outplayed Patrick Mahomes, by the way. Completely outplayed him. And almost pulled off the biggest upset I think I've ever seen. They were, what, nine and a half point underdogs? They beat the spread. We were all wrong. Didn't we all pick the Chiefs? I, I went one and four. So, yeah, I, I lost a lot this weekend. Uh, um, but uh, I, I don't care. Honestly, I picked the Chiefs. And I thought they'd win in a blowout. And it certainly seemed, it was 17, nothing. Right. And, and they were rolling and Mahomes looked like Mahomes. And I'm saying, we're going to see a blowout. We're going to see the backup quarterback, perhaps Boyle. And then he just flips and changes and starts getting rid of the ball and making great decisions, making pinpoint throws. He ended up going 28 for 39, uh, two touchdowns, no picks, a 105 rating. Patrick Mahomes, 18 for 30. For 203, two picks, should have been more, uh, and a rating of 63. Completely, Zach Wilson completely outplays the best quarterback in the NFL and almost pulls off the upset. The Jets end up, Jets fans end up heartbroken again. But I tell you what, 
they they may have found something. He he looked so confident. His teammates were supporting him. There was no fights on the sideline, no arguments, no talk of yanking him or cutting him or signing some, you know, Colin Kaepernick or Matt Ryan. They got a quarterback. I'm not sure you could say the same thing about the New England Patriots. I've defended Mac Jones. The Mac Jones wasn't the reason they were one and two going into yesterday's game. He was, he had been good. He played well in a couple of games and lost. They beat the jets, which wasn't saying much at the time. They are New England Patriots are one are six inches away on a hail Mary throw at the end of the jets game. Randall Cobb almost caught in the end zone. They're six inches away from being 0-4. Their start to the season has been a disaster. Yesterday, their quarterback was awful. Not just subpar. He was horrible against the Cowboys in Dallas. The game was too fast for him. The moment was too big for him. He fumbled. He threw an unbelievably bad pick, pick six. He got yanked from the game in the third quarter. This is something the Patriots under Brady never, ever did, whether they were winning, which was usually the case, or losing. Brady played till the end. Maybe he sat out the last two minutes, but he never came out of a game. Mac Jones got benched. He didn't get pulled because the game was over. He got benched for poor performance, put in uh, Bailey Zappi, who they cut a couple weeks, a few weeks ago, and uh, you know almost lost him because he wasn't really uh, valuable to them, and they're putting him in the game and sitting Mac Jones down. This is this has potential to get really bad. This was the worst loss in Belichick's twenty nine years as a head coach in the NFL. After the game, he was as usual snippy and dour and just just pissing all over the media. And as I've said for years, you can do that, and it's cute when you're winning. When you, you can treat the media like dirt when you're winning and people say, oh, he's wh-. when you start losing, then it becomes a problem. When you start, uh, when your team does not look prepared, I mean, they've been down 17 nothing in one game, I think 18 nothing, 18 3 in another game. They don't start well, they don't look prepared. Their skill position players stink. They're, I don't, I've watched a lot of games, I watch Red Zone. I don't know how many teams have slower wide receivers. The Patriots wide receivers do not get separation. Again, Mac Jones sucked yesterday. But how often do you see wide open receivers on the New England Patriots? They sign guys like Juju Smith, Schuster, and Devontae Parker, give them millions of dollars, and they don't get open. They don't change the game. There are no difference makers on the New England Patriot offense. And uh, they got the Jets this week. What's the line, Ironhead? I asked you that early. Did you look it up? Let me get the early line here. I need the early line because if the Jets are favored, I'm just, it's over. But the Jets have a better quarterback, at least based on yesterday, in Zach Wilson versus Mac Jones. The Patriots, the fans already are saying, let's tank for uh, the top pick. Um, Tank for Shadour, (laughs) Shadour Sanders. Uh, Oh, no, we're we're, um, New Orleans is coming to town. Oh, when's the next Jets? I thought Jets, what's that, two weeks? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think so. The Patriots are, Patriots are giving the Saints a point and a half. Uh, I think I'm actually going to be at that game. September. 
I'm so I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong date. You're right. New Orleans and then Vegas, Buffalo, the Jets. They just played the Jets. What am I talking about? Uh, New Orleans, Vegas, Buffalo in a couple of weeks. Miami, Washington, Indy. Eh, it's not that tough a schedule, but uh, they got problems. They got issues. Their two best defensive players got hurt. Great question of Belichick after the game. If you're yanking, yanking Mac Jones, why aren't you yanking Matthew Judon, who got hurt? Uh, he's out with a torn bicep. Gonzalez, too. Gonzalez separated his shoulder. He's out. The two best defensive players are out. They got issues. They got problems. Um, and uh, it doesn't look like Bill Belichick now 80 and 93 in his career without Tom Brady. Bill, I thought it was ridiculous when they said Belichick was on the hot seat before the season. It's it's warming up. Mm-hmm. All right, before we go, congratulations to Europe. I enjoyed this Ryder Cup. That was a great golf course outside of Rome. Very entertaining. A few par, uh, short par threes. Uh, just a wild show. Incredible emotion. Great crowd. Big deal was um, Patrick Cantley without his hat because he doesn't get paid to wear the hat. Well, He's just being honest. He does. He wears a hat because they pay him to wear a hat, and you don't get paid in the Ryder Cup to wear a hat. So he didn't wear a hat. So what? They said that fractured the the locker room. I don't believe it. Who cares? You think the other players really cared that he didn't want to wear a hat? So and he, they said he he didn't go to the dinner, and then they produced pictures that he did go to the dinner. I mean, that's he didn't choke. So there were plenty of guys on the U.S. who choked. He wasn't one of them. But if he was uh, do if he wasn't wearing the hat, so he would get paid to wear it. I have a problem with him. Because you're supposed to, it's not about the money this tournament. And if that's what he's making it about, that's crap. It used to be lots of golfers didn't wear hats. Then people got paid a lot of money to wear hats. So they wear hats. So if he says, I wear a hat only because I'm getting paid and now I'm not, so I'm not going to wear a hat. What's wrong with that? So if he's golfing with his buddies on the weekend, he's not wearing a hat. You don't think? Yeah, I mean, I guess not. Well, wouldn't he have worn one if he always wears a hat? Well, if it was like a, if it was like a protest to get paid for this, then he shouldn't be on the team to begin with. Uh, I would agree, but I don't believe it is. And again, I don't like him. I can't stand him. Hate he's him. just not an entertaining guy to watch. He's dour. He's slow. I love, um, I love like Rom and everything. So I like the players on the European side. Yeah, he had it, no problem. Europeans, man, they earned it. They came and cl- they're better. They're better on the AT toll. They're better when the match is on the line. They're more clutch. They're more into this tournament. They love this more than the Americans. It's a great event. I can't believe we got to wait two more years. Rory's already guaranteed their win on it. Beth Page Black next time Love they come course. to U.S. soil, which is great. Rory McIlroy is a very entertaining athlete to watch. I can't get enough of him. I thought it was pretty good, even though the U.S. got blown out. And before we go, do we have this uh, Joe Biden cut over the weekend talking about Kevin McCarthy? This is your commander-in-chief, America. Um, I'm not sure how much longer he can last. Obviously, he can't last till 2024. I'm not sure he's even going to make it to to uh, to, to, to the uh, to the primary to the campaign season. There's no way he lasts another 14 months. Not a chance. Asked about Kevin McCarthy in the shutdown potential shutdown. Listen to this empty husk respond. I hope <laughs> this experience for the speaker has been one of a personal revelation. I'm not being facetious. I, uh, um, 
Anyway. <laughs> oh, boy. Is that a McConnell moment? Did he just have a stroke? Maybe. I think, I, think, just, I think he has several every day, though, to be honest. He just lost his way completely. Anyway, not being facetious about what? what oh, God. He had those old guy sounds, too, and he's like, oh, I know. Uh, imagine in private how lost he is. I mean, oh he, he, I'm, I'm not sure he can go to the bathroom by himself anymore. Or, uh, or exit, exit a stage. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm telling you, he's not much more lucid than Diane Feinstein today. But uh, all right, we'll leave it there. What do we got, Trump? This is Trump mocking him on the stage. I thought it was oh, good. Funny. Well, Trump mocking Joe Biden before we go. Let's hear it. Does anybody think he's going to make it to the starting gate? I mean, the guy can't find his way off of a stage. Look, here's a stage. Here's a stage. I've never seen this stupid stage before, right? I've never seen it. But if I walk left, there's a stair. And if I walk right, there's a stair. And this guy gets up. Where am I? <laughs> Where the hell am I? <laughs> Somebody posted that and pretended that it was real. It was some, dem- I don't know, some liberal on um, social media and said, oh, Trump's lost on stage. No, Trump's mocking your guy, mocking our commander in chief. It really is sad. All right, man, what a day. What a wild weekend. I'm sure uh, we'll be watching. We'll see if, um, ooh, Hunter Biden's doing court on felony gun charges. Jamal Bowman, he's not doing court yet. We'll see what happens with that. We'll be waiting see if there is any justice in the country. But that will do it for today. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we'll do it again tomorrow. God save the queen, man. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen.